Positively, Angela in the house. Let's see. Let me get a sound check. I'm Make sure here. I'm just I'm, right. I'm here. And, um, I can hear you over there in the chat room. Wow, chat room is filled up. I answered through my phone, so I didn't really look into everybody who's here. Um, positively, Angela, let me know if you can hear me. Yep, loud and clear. <laughs> do what you do because I see that you um are um getting yourself together over there. We right. have Marcia, Sharina, Shah, Master Glam, Matthew White. Of course, I'm here. <laughs> I better be here, right? Um, who else? Who else? 
Sun Glow Rays. Yes, yes, Sun Glow Rays. Nice name, huh? Wow. While you get yourself together, I just want to say I had a good rest last night. Saturday night, I didn't sleep. Sunday night, I slept. Monday night, I didn't sleep. Tuesday night, I slept. It's like I've been getting my sleep every other day. And it's um, it's going to soon stop, but things have to be done. You know what I mean? So I'm happy with how things have been going, but sometimes you got to put the pedal in the middle and make it happen. You know what I mean? Yes. So, yeah, yeah. But I'm looking forward to this. If I have any background noise, these motorcycles are just so loud. But I'm glad everybody's here. We're going to have a good time today. God, oh, it's like as soon as I start the show, rum, rum, rum. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as I start the show, the phone starts ringing. As soon as it goes live, <laughs> hi, how you doing? What's right. going on? What they do that? I say, mm, nothing, just chilling. But don't you have a show right now? Yeah. So uh, you're <laughs> calling me. Why? <laughs> I understand it. Hey, Matthew. I see you. <laughs> I see you all. Sharina. Hello, darling. Well, Ants. Yes. Oh, it's, been, it's, it's been a great day so far. No, it has. Okay. Proof positive, I'm going to hide the name, but you can't see it. I'm getting a call right now. Oh, you can see it. I put dry bones in there, but I'm getting a call. <laughs> I'm, wait. Hey, sweetheart, let me call you back. I'm on the live right now, okay? Give me an hour and a half or so, okay? All right. Please, please do. Thank you so much, sweetheart. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. I'll, I'll, I'll say she's innocent, but there'll be other ones that I'm going to ignore, but I'll hold it up and hide the name. <laughs> you won't come on the show, but they'll call me during the show. Well, you know how it is. Sometimes, it's the law. Sometimes people are shy too. Yeah, you know, but you know. <laughs> you know how it is. I know how it is, Lance. I know how it is. Um... Whenever you're ready to ask your questions, go right on ahead. Yes, yes. Uh, we had an unfortunate situation in the black community in Philadelphia where the son of um, Gilla the Kid, Young Cheese as a rapper, murdered down, shot. It's, it's repetitious. I spoke about it, and I didn't realize who Gilla the Kid was. I like that guy. And that was his father. And... He has a podcast. Oh, God, well, I keep forgetting the name. I'll put those facts down below. But it's very entertaining, and it's not thugged out or anything like that. But it seems as though, what is it that compels us as a people, Coded Talk, it's a generic show, you know, to continue whatever the people are, whoever they are, we all have cultural things that we do that some of us in that community will say, that's not too cool. Why is it that we continue this behavior? And I'm going to do something separately and talk on that really in depth in an uncensored manner. But these hijacked cultures of the modern day, the people who indulge in it and uplift it, if you can, 
they keep on indulging in it and they don't see the result of it is nothing good. Because when a community is set up properly, you have, a, a, you have checks and balances. You have elders who the younger folks go to when there's confusion or doubt about something. Why is it that we cannot, no, oh, I gave it away, I said we. Why is it that some people cannot understand that there is law, there is a hierarchy, there are guardrails, there are safety harnesses that you should utilize, but how can you do it when it's not there? Or not there in the numbers where it should be? I never understood it how, what do they say, the definition of madness or insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different result? Why is it that human beings who supposedly have the highest mind do the lowest things in the most uh, asinine, I said anine, so I didn't just say ass, anine, right? I don't understand it. And expect to ascend to a higher level. And I just threw a side note in, this is why I'm basically a hermit right now, because I don't know who's into what, whatever. You don't know. Anyway, that's a, that's a subject for another day. But why is it that we cannot grasp what we are doing wrong? Why is it that we cannot grasp that we need to, need to be accountable for the things that we're doing that directly come back and hurt us when others who get it don't follow through? What, what is the law in this ignorance? What is the law in this buffoonery, destructive stuff, stuff that doesn't bring dignity to how we look to the world? Why? Why? Because, you know, I know you wanted to specifically address the community, but we have to go beyond the community to understand that it is the design of humanity in the first place. And the reason why we don't change or um, the reason why we find it hard to change and acknowledge the law, one, it's been hidden, two, it's been replaced with religion. Three, once that habit is set down, it's hella challenging. Four, well, accountability is seen as a bad thing, a disempowering thing. So to sum it up, one thing is at work, misguided perception. You see, we look at things and we see the need to defend ourselves as people. We see the need to defend because we've been offended. So we see the need to defend. But the issue is when you have, when you try and defend, you're not defending against an enemy per se. It just may have started out that way. But, um, just, just give me a minute. Let me let me say it. Let me say it in straight talk. Because for so long, we've been told of our inferiority. And we believe ourselves to now be inferior. So when you believe yourself to be inferior, you act it out. 
And unfortunately, the world, everybody, almost everybody's got a phone and taking pictures and taking video. You know, that Dave Chappelle sketch where he goes, say, geez, you know, he's just rolling, you know, and everybody's recording it. But it's always been there. You see, and the reason why I wanted to keep the community together is because you have to look beyond the border of, oh, it's just our community, but it's the community of humanity to begin with. If you look at it, one community inside humanity was told, well, you're superior. So now they behave a particular way. Another community has been told you are inferior, so they behave a particular way. Now we have superiority and inferiority competing against each other, just with human faces. So the one thing that has been hijacked that is common among all humanity is the perception. That's why we continue to behave the way we do, because we keep looking out into the world and seeing multiple faces, multiple tones, right? You know, tones. We keep looking out there and seeing that and think that, well, there's many, but in actuality, there's only one. And if the perception, which means if I can make you think you are a particular way, well, then I know I've got you to do what I want you to do. That's why we keep doing dumb things. And not only that, but we allow the emotions, which are totally natural. Emotions are a natural part of living. But what we have done with those emotions is we've allowed them to rule us instead of interpreting the thing. So now that your emotion has been hijacked, right? And you are now on the defense with this emotion, fine, I'll retaliate. And then next thing you know, somebody gets caught in the crosshairs, the crossfire and you end up losing someone. So it is. it all comes down to one thing, which is the law, the perception, the way you view the world. Remember, the universe is a mental creation. So if your mental perception has been skewed, you're going to keep, it's like having a dot on the lens of your photocopier. And every time you put an image on top of the glass, that dot, is what is recreated. You're looking at this image and you're like, dude, what, where is that dot coming from? Why is it skewed? Why is it, you know what I mean? You keep recreating the fault that is in there. So there comes a point where now as a human being, you're going to have to clean the lens. To clean the lens, you have to understand that that thought that you've been fighting all this time isn't yours. It, it's been put there as a way to divide is put there as a way to, uh, to misguide. And because it is so powerful, right? Because it is so powerful, you get a name, a social security number, you get a nationality, you get a religion, and you die protecting them without question. That has happened to all of us, and that's why each community is at without even seeing the bigger picture. I don't know, does, does that make sense? Let me know. No, it does. It does, makes perfect sense. And um, <clears throat> even though you explained it like that, there's so many who are so caught up that will continue 
their behavior. It's just, that's, that's just the way it is. You know, every sperm doesn't hit the egg. Every marathon runner doesn't finish the race. Yeah. It's just, that's just the way it has to be. But when you feel that you're thinking somewhat clearer or have ascended in your life to think a lot clearer than you used to before, mm-hmm. you tend to expect others to do the same thing. Yeah. Your community and your family, friends, it's just not that way. And sometimes you have this inner struggle, not to get off the question, but this inner struggle of feeling guilty because you took responsibility to bring up others around you, in your community, in your family, with your friends. But you have to just allow them to be who they are, appreciate them for who they are. Yes. Try to be uh, an example uh, to them. And even when the example doesn't permeate through their thick skulls sometimes, don't feel bad when it didn't. Because so, so many people enjoy being where they are. They enjoy the mud hole that they're in. That has become normalcy for them. And they don't want to leave it. Maybe they're scared of getting better. There are a lot of people out here who have learned, who are scared of success, who have all the tools to be successful in, in what they say was their chosen area of, of expertise, but they just can't seem to do it. Mm-hmm. You got to understand the best boxers and fighters in the world, we don't know. Yeah. They might be in the corner drinking a 40 ounce. They may have the talent and the size, yeah. but they don't have it here. The most brilliant people, the cure for cancer and cure for AIDS could be on, on, on a street laying out drunk, but they didn't activate that thing. So we don't even know what the best is. So those of us who want to help people, we have to understand we can't help everybody and don't feel bad or feel like it's your duty mm-hmm. because you can't save the world. That's Although we have the heart to want to do so, let them come and look. I don't know everything. We, none of us know everything, but those who have something for us gravitate toward them. And if they give freely, accept it. Yes. You know, because you're helping that person who's given freely because there's a residual spiritual payback for them giving. Yeah. So you won't lose, even when you try to help people who don't want to help themselves. So go at your own pace, you know, and you'll be all right. But it's it's sure hard to think about the people like, okay, my brother, very brilliant. You know, he's on drugs all his life. And um, it motivated me. Mm-hmm. Him like that. But I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. But here, you he blow me away. He's got this gift about him. So while people like Lance Curve, y'all don't know. I'm not going to call his full name or I won't even call his name. People know me know. But if he was out there doing his thing, you'd be like, I like you, Lance, but um, we got to check this one out. Yeah. And I know that. And, and, and it hurts to see the potential not realized, especially when you think I got stories. He got some stories, especially coming <laughs> through what he came through. Yeah. Take you to some worlds. So... Let it go, do your best, and um, just move on. And work on yourself. You can't go wrong working on yourself, you know? But yeah, um, there's so much um, in the world with 
when I look at the, what's trending and what our interests are and meaning trending that for those who don't know, it's a simple thing to understand, but they have certain sites out there that can measure what people are searching on mass. Yes. Say, well, people are searching for this and it was 10 million searches for this and 8 million for this. And subsequently it goes lower and lower. So you see the interests of the people, right? Mm-hmm. And when I see what's usually trending, it's usually sports, oftentimes politics, <laughs> but always gossip that may not be true. So I say to myself, this is giving me a reflection of what society is all about. Sport and play, right? The gossip and the politics. Things that don't do anything to aid your life. People would argue with me on the politics. I understand. But when was the last time you saw, saw, saw Joe Biden mowing somebody's lawn? When was the last time you saw him getting up on the roof or paying to get somebody else's roof fixed? So, yeah, we know that's your, your responsibility. But we put more responsibility in these external figureheads. And we sit down and complain and argue about it when you can get up and do something for yourself. But our interest shows that we're trending with gossip. What are these so-called stars going to do? Are they a star in your life? What happened to a parent, a grandparent, an aunt? And we know college isn't for everybody, but they graduated and, and came out into the world and did something great. Why aren't they your stars? Why is it somebody half naked? Or, or flaming, I'll just say flaming, wouldn't insult nobody. And that's what we suck up to. Politicians and their promises every four years, stars that are living wayward and usually not inspiring us to do anything better. Why we are, are we looking at the bottom of the list, the bottom of the barrel, the sludge, the stuff that's at the bottom of the lake? Because you know, when you empty a lake, you might see three or four cars in there. You might find a couple bodies down there. Why do we go for the lowest as a people? Maybe that's kind of similar to what I asked before, but why do we go after this and wonder why our lives are not getting any better? Because I know these last few days, I had to sacrifice sleep to get the stuff done that had nothing to do with the platform. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yes. But yet and still, oh, I got to add on to this. Got to add on to this. Up at our property, we have big barrels, not little barrels, big barrels where they have to come fill it up. And the guys are working, doing certain concrete work or whatever you need water for, whether it's drinking or but it's temporary. You got to go outside and open it up. Everything's not hooked up yet. We were there yesterday. Mr. Scurve was way in the backyard. Those of you who've seen clips of up there, Quiet. There's a little tiny road that we can drive in and out mm-hmm. that one car would have to pull over to the side and let the other one go through. And by the two lane road, it looks just like the old Batman when it comes out. The old the road, the car, boom, 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 and he comes out and he's going to Gotham City. It looks good. You're not going to see it. Yeah. If the brush grows too much, you're like, well, that looks like a road. So people occasionally walk by. Occasionally. It's a big news when, who's that? Because only but so many houses back there. So she's way in the back and I'm 
in the living room sitting on, nothing's done, but we're sitting there. I'm sitting there and I was checking something on the phone with one of my bank accounts. Somebody had just left there, the guy from across the street, a neighbor. He had just left. Then Mr. Skirv came up and about five minutes after he left and said, Lance, did you mess up the tank? That's what he's talking about. She says, the spout with the thing that you turned to cut the water off, it's gone. And it had a stick jammed in there and a rock and the water was just shooting out. And so the whole is going out. Within five minutes, somebody had walked over there, spite. Yes. Spite. Yes. In a place that is so, so this thing is all over the place. You couldn't see what, what you're going to take a rock and, and throw. You see some people making progress, working real hard. You don't know the backstory. Mm-hmm. You see them working hard and achieving something. And that's all you can do to, to show this feeling of, hmm, let me see what I can. So you go over there and unscrew the whole spout from the part over it and stick something. Why? If you sell that spout over or you needed it, or it, how much does it cost? Why are people so spiteful? Not to mention the online experience, which doesn't bother me because they got thick skin. Mm-hmm. But me like, this one got away with that. If I caught this person, I probably wouldn't be here today. I wouldn't say I'll be locked up. I'm just saying that I'd be so caught up in doing what I have to do because it's not like America. You snuff somebody on your property, the cops be like, okay, take the trash away and then shake your hand. You know? But, but how is it that people have such vile feeling in them when they don't accomplish things themselves, but they want to take it out on you because of that resentment? What is the law in that? You know? it's, the, it's the law of correspondence, Lance. The same, you, you asked the question, but you also answered it. You said, why are they so vile? because they're upset with their own lack of progress. And they think by using the law of gender, if you project it outward, it somehow lessens the burden and the pain. When in actuality, that just increases it because now the pain that they feel inside for their quote unquote lack of accomplishment, they've now projected it onto you by way of spite. Mm -hmm. But the solution to the problem is, is to stop the comparison. Because that's what we do. We say to people, well, look at how many people have it worse than you. And we, we say that. So then you, you can also in the same breath say, well, look at how many people have it better than you. That's, exactly. why, you, that's why you don't compare. What you look at is, okay, because the, the anger is not against you. The anger is within them, but Nothing stays inside as within, so without. It must be projected outward. And so when they do what they did, you have two options. You can respond in kind, or you can understand why they did what they did. And you say, oh, I see. You're mad that you didn't put in the work to accomplish what I am accomplishing. You see, that's what we do as humans. When we look at someone and we are jealous of them, You must remember the law does not see the other person. The law sees you and your behavior. So if you want the house on the hill, 
but yet you want to try and sabotage your neighbor because they're building their house on the hill, then you'll never get your house on the hill. You know why? Because you're looking at the house on the hill that you want and you're scoffing at it because it is attached to somebody that you don't like. It is your eyes that sees the other person, but the law sees you. The, you are saying to yourself, wow, I would love that house. I would love my own house on the hill. And the person who owns the house on the hill walks by, you go, you go bitch. Oh, what did you do to get that? Uh -huh. I see you. What are you doing? What kind of shady things you don't see? Now you're looking at the thing that you want and you're scoffing at it. That means you have a whole basket of seeds and you light them on fire because you think if you burn those seeds, you will affect the other person. When in actuality, when you destroy the seeds by looking at somebody and judging them and being envious and jealous of them, you destroy your own opportunities. That's what you're doing. It's the law of correspondence. So the pain that they feel inside is what they have to project outward into the world. So if you understand that that's what they're doing in your mind now, you can whisper. You can whisper, you know what? I just wish healing for you and move on. Because that projection now will also travel. And if they're open, it will affect them. And they will get an idea to change themselves. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Because if you because if you go out there now to defend, you have to understand. If you go out there and you defend, now you're coming from a place of what you've allowed rage to be stirred up within you. Now you are being manipulated by the rage. Also, Angela, are you saying I'm just supposed to let somebody walk all over me? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying use the law. The same breath that you can get mad and say, oh, why I oughta. You stop yourself and say, whoa, 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 wait a minute. How do I want to behave in this situation? How do I want to behave? You say, you know what? I need that person. They, they, they're surely in pain because I can see it. Yeah. Look in here. Here's some peace and love for you and send it. Because that will change you. It won't change them. It changes you. And when you change, funny thing is, they will now bend to accommodate that change. You, you have to, it, it takes practice to see it, but I'm telling you, that's what it is, Lance. Wow. Yeah, you can, you can ward, you can ward your place, meaning you can say to yourself, you know, as you project, you can say, you know what? Only kindness comes around here, but you have to project your kindness outward as this now uh, fence. It's an invisible fence so that people who come by may be repulsed and so they don't come close if they have ill intent. Because now you're saying that kind of thing, you are simply setting the parameter or the algorithm to say, this is what is acceptable on my space. And you project that outward. So when someone comes along and they're contrary to that, they don't come there, you come because they can't. You haven't given them an opening to do so, yet you use no force. <laughs> that's so that's so so true i'm gonna flash this comment that um nasty glad me she said what goes around comes around you have to put out the energy that you want to receive if you like and appreciate something 
show love and positivity so you too can attract that. And so many people know this, but they can't help themselves. They just have to, you know, lose it. Or if they try to hold on to, like when you try to hold on to too many groceries and walk out the store with it, just put it in the cart and roll it out. You try to hold up too much, here it comes. A bag breaks and lemons and mangoes and cans of soup and things are falling all over the place and you get revealed to what's in your bags. Because it's easy to smile and be fake. You know what I mean? It's it's, it's always, mm -hmm. that's the way it is. So, so, hmm. Why, why don't we understand that? Because we don't know the law, Lance. We spend our whole lives in churches and mosques and wherever. Turn the other cheek. Ah, you're a victim. Don't let anybody take advantage of you. Be the oppressor instead of being oppressed. That's what we're taught every single time. But that is a snare. It only enslaves you or as in other words, the people who practice it. That's wow. Weird. And it's, because if you do it, right? What are people gonna say? Oh, you a simp. Oh, oh you weak. Oh, you're yeah. lily yeah. You're yellow belly, you know, cause you're weak, right? Oh, right. And what do we do now? We now begin to live from a place of fear of judgment. So now you come out and you have to strike hard so that when you, when you give that first strike, everybody takes notice and they say, oh, you best not mess around and find out with him. That's what we're taught to do. Wow. Truth. You know, recently, I think in the last day or two, for a while, the UPS, United Parcel Service, mm. had threatened to strike. But now they recently called off the strike, right? But when we have strikes, we have disgruntled people who feel they're not being compensated enough for the work that they put out. So we have strikes on jobs. We have strikes in governments. Mm -hmm. We have strikes in relationships. Uh If you don't do this for me, I'm going to withhold affection. Or if you don't do this for me, I'm going to withhold finances. Yes. You see what I mean? Yeah. It's always type of manipulation, but okay, with strikers on a job, yeah, they have the right to do that. But why should there be this head-to-head aggression when one knows that they're right and the other one knows that they're wrong or they wouldn't have the strike against them, right? There is a right and wrong. It could be mixed a little bit, but there's levels of frustration where you say, I can't take it no more. You're not addressing this. You're not doing right in your lane, in your position, what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. So I'm going on strike. So this whole thing going to shut down until you acknowledge what it is that you're supposed to do. What could you tell those people whether it's in a relationship, whether it's a job, whether it's whatever that we have to strike against mm-hmm. that maybe somebody would hear it and, and, and give in. And it's not a matter of giving in, just do right. Why don't we do right by people in the first place? Why don't we show them the respect yes. in the first place? And we know exactly what 
we're doing when we step on toes. Whatever the situation, why is it that we can't do right? And then when the repercussions come, we're forced to do right. It wasn't where we did it willingly, but we're forced to do right now. And now we want to feel sour grapes and maybe later on take it out on people down the line. Why can't we just do the right thing? And to me, ignorance of that law is no excuse because deep down in your soul, you know when you're not giving your all to the people who are doing right by you. Yes. What would you say on that, sister? Well, first, it it is the law of gender. Something is being projected outward as to what creates the effect that we see for them wanting to go on strike. That is the effect. The cause is the corporation, you have to understand, the corporation sees themselves as superior. But the corporation knows that without the workers, they have nothing. So if they use force to subdue the workers, oh, if they use force to subdue the workers, however hard they push, the workers have to push back. It is cause and it is effect, right? It is cause and effect. But the reason why they're doing it in the first place is because they're afraid of losing their bottom line. That's what's happening to them. They're afraid of losing their bottom line. So they will they will do what they have to do to force you to continue doing what it is. Why? It will come out in the form of, well, you know, this company has good benefits. Yeah, we know your union dues makes the guy on the top fat. We know that. But if you don't do what we tell you, you can't even pay your rent, let alone your mortgage. And you have children. Uh, and then your wife is going to try and leave you because you're not making six figures. So you see now you, you, you they're pushing this thing that tries to crush the mind. But however hard you push to the left, that swing back to the right is going to hit you just as hard. So the, <laughs> the strike is inevitable. It is the natural outcome. If you know the cause, you can predict the effect. You can look at that situation and go, well, they're going to strike. And so because the company knows that you're going to strike, they will already have an offer prepared of what they want you to take. They will, oh, dear God, let me, okay, look, I'm going to go over here and I'm going to read law number 31. This law that I'm reading, number 31, you're going to understand things today. Mm -hmm. Control the options. Get others to play with the cards you deal. Right? The best, let me make it bigger so I can read it. The best deceptions are the ones that seem to give the other person a choice. Your victims feel they are in control, but are actually your puppets. Give people options that come out in your favor, whichever one they choose. Force them to make choices between the lesser of two evils, both of which serve your purpose. Put them on the horns of a dilemma. They are gored wherever they turn. That is law number 31. Why from the 48 laws of power? Oh, let me tell you. And this is what the company does. That is what the company does. And I want you to look at the very root 
of that law. The very root of that law is fear. You don't want to be left with no workers because is corporate going to come and deliver their packages? <laughs> no, they're not. How, how can you look at a man and give him 150 pounds to lift on his own? Oh, really? How can you do that? You can't even lift 150 pounds on your own, but you're going to ask your staff to do it. And then you give them many, many packages, all because of a mathematical calculation. I used to work for UPS. So I understand it a little bit more intimately. And wow. so what's happening is the people begin to rise up, but they rise up out of anger, you understand. They rise up out of injustice. They rise up out of the indignity, okay? But what they don't rise up from, they don't rise up from a place of sovereignty. They do not rise up from a place that says, who, who really has who by the balls here? Because without <laughs> your 300 employees, no packages get delivered. Oh, yeah, we'll take the hit for now. We'll renegotiate things. We'll take the hit for now. But you see, both parties are operating from a place of fear. The worker will stay in fear because if they cannot pay their bills, they're going to be living under the bridge out of a shopping cart with an unmanaged afro. And then the corporation is operating from a place of fear because they make no money on the backs of their employees. So one of them is going to manipulate the other. That's what they're doing. And so it is inevitable, but it will continue to have this parry of push and pull until, until the worker realizes that they are sovereign indeed and cannot be manipulated. But until they come to that realization, they will always be the puppet. That's what's happening. That's what's happening. Good point. Good point. Wow. Broke it down. So if you get a call from UPS, <laughs> we appreciate you. We understand it now. And the will be next, right? Yeah. There's it's there's funny. a way to there's a way that everybody wins. It really is. Because the guy at the top is still gonna make more money. He obviously will, but that doesn't mean you have to take from them to pad your bottom line. If everybody is equal across the board, but they want you to believe, right, that you're not. This is why when you watch people work, they work according to how they, they work according to how their boss makes them feel. That's what you'll get out of them. So they'll, they'll be half-assed all day. That's what they'll do. And then you wonder why, why can't we get good customer service anymore? Because people don't care about customer service. People care about paying their rent. And so because they're angry on the inside, you bear the brunt of that as a customer. It's not that customer service is lacking, but, but what you get to understand is if the job is irrelevant, it is the character of the worker that matters most. Go ahead, Lance. Wow. And when that character is compromised because they want to do a great job, yes. assuming that the promises that were given 
once they got their employment and signed the dotted line, they didn't live up to that. And so now they're disgruntled. I remember I used to work at Home Depot. I felt the same way. Yeah. They got people amped up, amped up. And I wasn't stupid back then either. I know how the game goes, but they were good, <laughs> you know? And what we realized was diminishing returns and how they treated us. And I would bring things up at meetings and I became the bad boy, yeah. you know, in a dignified way. I'm bringing certain points up, bulleted points. And they're just like, he's breaking down the hustle. Yeah. And that's what it is. It's, it's a hustle of, let me see how much I can get out of you before you realize it. Let me get as much out of you as I possibly can before you get smart. And depending on your personal situation, you may stay a little longer, work a little less effective. You might just leave. You might be living with your mama and no have to pay no rent or whatever. <laughs> or you might have to suffer for years. Yes. They don't care when they see that look in your eyes. That it's, it's because the thing is, they know that they can replace you. You know, easily. They don't care about you. They don't care about you at all. The trick is to get you amped up enough. It's like the guy who meets a young lady and he tells her, you know, I really love you. I want to be with you for the rest of my life. Oh, yeah. I can see you having my children. I'm going to give all my resources and efforts in the world to just bring it to you if you would only come with me and be the only one for me and I'm the only one for you. Oh, what, 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 uh, I want to say it that way. The feelings are melting sweetly and other things melt and fall off sweetly. When you get what you want, you're gone. Now you're sitting here two weeks, haven't heard from him. He said, oh, he's sick. So that's, that's where these companies are. And that's the American hustle. They say they want to take care of you you take care of them, they take care of you, and we'll go up. You know, so it's like that on so many other levels, you know, not just with companies or relationships. It's, you have to really be about that commitment. And some of us lie to ourselves and say that we're committing to ourselves to do better. And we lie to ourselves. Things sputter out after two or three days or two weeks or two months, and we don't follow through. Mm -hmm. Even our commitment to ourselves, because some of us don't even like ourselves. But yeah, just wanted to add that piece on. You know, it's just something to think about. I was reading not too long ago about Vladimir Putin, right? And, 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 you know, we don't know what to believe with the propaganda. Oh, Lance, you just disappeared. <laughs> Soon as you said propaganda, <laughs> yeah, yeah, look at that. It, it blinked me out. Yeah, yeah. Gotta say, gotta say that word a little. I, I'm gonna call it ganda, right? So that way they don't blink me out. <laughs> no, but he brought up a a thought, an idea, and and it made sense, and it made me think. It made me give him more props. Now, war is not good. To kill people and the people try to kill you back. And then what? All these innocent people, leave, you know, losing their lives. And you're sitting here safe somewhat because they can get you too. Why do we have to do this? So we'll have the American uh, platforms speaking things, saying as facts, but lacing it with a little bit of propaganda that doesn't hit you right away. It'll hit you in two weeks because they can't outright say it. But the little bit of stuff they lace it with, 
like a little bit of poison to kill you two weeks from now. You get ready to go on vacation and you've been putting this stuff in the person's food to make them drop dead in three weeks. But you, you can say, I wasn't there to kill this person. It couldn't have been me because I was on vacation. Right. So even on Putin's side, they do the same thing. So now we sitting here looking at this thing that's very complicated and we say, what's the truth? But he suggested something or he pointed something out worldwide that would be better. And it resonated with me. That's why I'm bringing it up because I never really talk about these guys. You know, both loonies could be Biden and him. But he basically said that to support a multipolar world where it's not just one superpower or two superpowers, but to go according to region. And he brought up Africa. He brought up other parts, Latin America, South America, that all these continents and countries within, the, within these continents, they'd have to work their own thing out. But why not each continent and each country be a part of a superpower that has something to offer the world in exchange with commerce instead of being exploited, right? And those regions can, can help themselves. Now, maybe he's just talking to look good. I don't know. But that makes sense. Then I thought to myself, if he really thought that way, then maybe that's why a lot of folks are coming against him just as well as a lot of people are joining with him. My thing is, how do we weed through the confusion? Like some of it I don't want to be bothered with, right? It's like, this is going to keep on going. There's always wars in the world. There's always something to be disgruntled about and innocent people are killed. But out of a spirit of fairness and coming clean and just not wanting to be so greedy, could something like this work? Or is this some kind of smoke screen to look good on the world stage. Like, is this just jockeying? Well, you know, well, just man, to say, give me he, they, Listen, they keep trying to give you what you already have. That's true. Why? Each country is sovereign in its own right. You see, but what they have done is because every man has his price. We are intoxicated with power. That is what has us. Nobody is going to relinquish power once they have it. <laughs> so he can say whatever he wants, but you know the truth. Because look at it. He is bunkered down in this war, right? Mm -hmm. His men are out there fighting. And then you got the other guy from Ukraine. He's out there allegedly on the front line. So he looks like the good guy because he's not just telling you to go die. He's out there with you <laughs> risking his life. So it looks like a good thing. You, you will sympathize with that. But what is the problem? The problem is he led you into war in the first place. There are other ways, but nobody wants to relinquish the power. Nobody. Nobody's willing to say, listen, I will give you this and do that. No, they don't want to do it that way. You have to understand this world right now that we live in is built on these 48 laws of power. You don't reveal your intentions. You keep everybody guessing. Um, you play to the fantasies of people. That's what the entire world is built on. Right? It's built on that. However, these same 48 laws of power... Hmm, 
are still governed by the seven laws of creation. Nothing trumps those seven laws of creation. So if you are bent on deceiving your people, well, then you will be deceived as well because it is as within, so without. You can't deal in deception and not be deceived because you're, you're deception itself. So <laughs> this is why now, this is this is how you can convince young men to go overseas and <laughs> oh weapons of mass destruction. You play to their fantasies. You tell them your life is in danger. You gotta go through the airport. You can't even take a bottle of water on the plane. You gotta take your shoes off. Huh? You gotta deal with radiation so they can make sure you don't have whatever it is you are not supposed to have. <laughs> so it it is. It is an illusion of captivity. Wow. That you're being sold as humanity. It is an illusion of captivity. Because if I can convince you that you are captive, then I can make you fight for what you already have, which is mm -hmm. your freedom. This, this is what it is. Every is no two people are going to be the same, not even identical twins. So to be equal. You're equal because you and I, we both breathe. We are human. That's what makes us equal. But it stops there. It stops there. That's what makes us equal. We are equal in our humanity. Right. But we are unique in our expression of that humanity. If we could see that instead of comparing, well, men are better than women. Oh, no, women are better than men. So if you look at it, Lance, the war started here. Mm -hmm. And because of the law of gender, you have to now project it outward. So now we're fighting, we're fighting ourselves. <laughs> we're fighting ourselves. And so now the art of war is to what? Pit your enemies against each other. And when they destroy each other, walk in and reap the spoils without expressing any kind of word. Look at how insidious it is because we refuse to open our eyes to see our sovereignty. You think they can't come for us all. They can't come for any of us. But we stay cowering in the corner because we believe that they can. That's what it is. And, and, and so because we give into that fear, that is why now you can you open yourself to being controlled. Look, look at it. You have 48 laws of power. And you have seven laws of creation. Well, I'm a little bit on the lazy side, so I'm gonna go with seven. <laughs> For, I, I can know I know all seven already. I can't even tell you who is who. For the laws of, of power. The laws of power to do what? The only power I require is to govern myself. But when you look at these laws now, they tell you that you have power over somebody else. It is an illusion. You have no power over anybody other than what they relinquish. <laughs> you see what it is? So when you're looking at this now, if, you, if, if everybody said, I'm not going to war. I'm not going. Is the president going to go? No, he's not going to go, but he will force you to go. Why? Because 
He will apply pressure to you. He knows how to get you to act. Oh, but if you don't go, look at what's happening. How do you think Hitler convinced an entire country to do what they did? He made them feel superior. Right. He fed them an illusion of power. If you don't fight for it, they will take it all. And what did you do? You, listen, they didn't care. They turned a blind eye and they killed anybody. When in actuality, if we would just stop for a moment and stop being so emotional, this is what the laws of creation teach you to do. It tells you here, the universe is a mental creation as within you, so must you experience on the outside because everything is gonna move and it's gonna swing between two poles. So, you know, it, it has a rhythm. You push hard one way, it's gonna hit you right back. It keeps you in line always with the highest integrity. And it, and it teaches you how to bring everybody up to realize their own uniqueness and to express their own uniqueness. Never in there is the law of creation going to give you a punishment, nor a reward, nor judgment. And there's a reason for that. Because as I said this morning, it will not allow you, if I punish you, you will not be your true self. If I reward you, you won't be your true self. And if I judge you, you'll never come into being your true self. But the laws of creation allow you to recognize who and what you are and that the person looking at you, it is you. Because if, if we did that, we would not be so quick to say, I can take your life from you. We wouldn't be so quick to do that because we would see the value in them because we see the value in ourselves. And this is how we would learn to communicate with each other so that we can, what's the word? Neutralize intention. But allegedly that way of living is called living with your head in the clouds. But let me tell you something. I would rather live with my head in the clouds than my head in the sand because if my head is in the sand, my ass is exposed. And the next thing you know, somebody is balls deep in it and I don't know who it is. And all I know is it hurts. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And that's where most of us are with our head in the sand. You are vulnerable. Lance, you, you. Yes. <laughs> Well, you know, in this world, we have certain hierarchies. Let me see. Let me bring myself back on the screen. Okay, there it is. I thought it was malfunctioning again. We have different hierarchies in, in any world, any order. There's always some order. We have somebody's up top, somebody's below. We understand that. But with the entertainment industry, we know from what we hear, and there has to be a hierarchy. If it was... Everything is legit and on the up and up. But we also know there's a hierarchy behind the hierarchy. And we hear about these things. I'm not going to say it specifically, but we hear about these things, about people who are talented, who want to climb the ladder and be known and famous. And they have a talent that they want to share with the world. And they may have an innocent view of what their intentions are because they love to do what they do. Yes. People have encouraged them. And so now they go out and they try to get with these people in the industry and they see their talent and they don't realize that there's countless thousands of people trying to get on, as they say, right? Get on in the industry and become this big star and, you know, get backed up and travel the world and be well known. So they have their dreams, but 
these people have their plans. And if you want to come into what they control, there are things that you're going to have to do that you may not want to do that go against your integrity, that go against your moral fiber. Whatever it may be, we know as adults, I don't have to say it, the things that must be done. And can we prove it? So many people who have been that way have stated, stated it, and it's been commonalities, common threads through what it is you have to do and certain sacrifices that are very you know, heartbreaking. Why can't these people understand this is something that you don't want to mess with? That when you, even if you don't believe that, and you get into it, and you see, wow, I'm at a certain precipice right now. I've heard these things before, but this thing is now in front of me, mm -hmm. right in front of me, staring me in the eye. I got to make a decision that if I want to be this person that I oh, I know who I am, but I didn't know I have to do this. I thought I can get here on talent alone. I know there's politics, but what is this stuff? What is the camera set up for? Why is there a couch over there? Who are these five other guys? That's all I'll say. You want me to do what? This has nothing to do with singing, acting, performing. Well, you got to perform if you want to perform. Let's just leave it at that. <laughs> right? So <laughs> that's a good one. I'm not even patting myself I, on the back. I like I that. You got to perform if you want to perform. <laughs> I'm sorry for laughing, laughing at my own joke. It wasn't even a joke. It was a statement. Make a t-shirt like that. Hollywood with a question mark. Mm -hmm. You gotta, you better perform if you want to. <laughs> you know how it is. Yeah, yeah. I have a little blood dropping down on the side, right? Mm -hmm. But how, how is it that so many of us secretly perform? We get up there, and then later on, after you waited out and you made the leap, you regret it. You heard the rumors on social media. You've seen people thrown to the side, banished and destroyed. And something that wasn't just that they didn't make it because, see, it's cyclical. You can get famous and it can be fleeting. Or it can stay a little longer. But trees grow and trees die. Mm -hmm. Tides rise and tides go down. It's a cycle. For some of us, it seems like it's forever. I drop a name. You have a Beyonce and a Jay-Z. I'm not hating on them because of their con continued success in the world, but you hear things and you know that you go to the churches across the country, across the land. Any church you go, especially when we are there, there's a sister belting out some songs that is so powerful, it touches you to your soul. With all of these people who are talented, how is it that just certain ones can remain? And we know, or we feel, and why is it that people who go against their upbringing and make the leap years later want to regret it or get mad like they didn't know what they were getting into? So it may not be a Hollywood thing, but lots of times, a young lady, I'm not bashing women because men do the same thing too. Let's just say it's a man, middle-class guy, couple bills, not living where he thought he would be living at this point in his life. And he meets a young lady who is a nice young lady. She's attractive. She's smart. 
but he's not really attracted to her until he realizes her bank account. So now he bends himself. He convinces himself that he wants to be with this woman and ends up with her to enjoy the fruit of her labor or the fruit of her inheritances. Now he's with her. He's laying next to her. She's fast asleep. I'm not going to say all the makeup's off, whatever, but it's not about the makeup. It's just being with her. Nice lady, but you weren't really into her. Now you're regretting it. Now you got the wandering eye. Now you're enjoying everything that she has, but you don't want to deal with her. Why do we make decisions knowing good and damn well what it is, and later on we want to regret it and go crying and whining, whining why we're not happy? Why is that? Why is that? Why do people do that? You know, <laughs> let me just add one more thing. Go ahead, Lance. It's too late once you get strapped in. And what do I mean by that? You a little kid, you look at all the rides in the amusement park, but you say, I want to go on that roller coaster. Even your daggone parents are too scared to get on that roller coaster. <laughs> you can legally go on there and it's like, okay, we're going to teach you a lesson. You really, 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 I don't think you can handle it. I want to go. I can handle it. I want to. And then you get strapped in. And lots of times in life, we strap ourselves in on something that once we realize there's no turning back, they put this thing over you. Choom, choom. They put this other strap on you. They put this thing that wraps around you. Yeah. And you're like, and you look up at the other side of that ride and say, this thing is pretty tall. Do I really want to do this? And you start kicking. You see your parents over there. You start moving. <laughs> Too late. You start going up, up, up. You didn't know the heights would look like that. You might live in a high rise with the buildings are so close, close together. You don't see the effects of height. But now the roller coaster is bringing you up. And ain't nothing naked. You see all the way miles away to your house. And you're going up, 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 and you realize what it's like coming down. Now, you're off, you're crying, you're traumatized. You got to go back to your vehicle because now you got to change your underwear. <laughs> because you made a decision, you were so stubborn, and you strapped yourself in on something you couldn't handle, or eventually deep down, you knew that you couldn't like. Why do we do that? And it's not just for children, that's just an analogy. It's adults that do that. You know, you don't, you know, this man you're not attracted to pot belly, 80 years old, you 22, 23. You want to you want to jump the line and get to the billions. You know, this man ain't going to be around when you're 40. And if he is, you'll be visiting him with an old folks home and he'll look up at you and not even know who you are. But you got to deal with his family fighting to let you not get the money that you went in there for. Now you mad. Oh, they don't like me. Of course, you're a gold digger. <laughs> Bring a little humor to it. But why do people strap in on situations <laughs> that they know they can't handle? <laughs> they know it. Lance. I know it all, but that's pretty much what it is. <laughs> let me give you one more since you're laughing. You know you can't afford that car. Your credit is good. But you know you can't afford it. And the smiling people at the dealership who don't like you, but the dealership people got a way of making you feel like, oh, my God, he's my friend. No, they want you to pay their kids college tuition or for that expensive condo that they got. And you so seduced by this shiny vehicle. 
like it's going to change you. All the insecurities that you may have, but, oh, if I have that vehicle, oh, Mr. Skirvis home early. Lord have mercy. Scared me. It better be her. You're going to see it today. Okay, that's her. That's her. It sounds like he's doing me. <laughs> uh, yeah, you, you would have seen it. I would have just had to turn the camera around and you'll see me in action. So anyway, <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, you got home early. But anyway, you see that car, you can't afford it. But now when you're eating crackers with some fake dipped cheese and some soda to save the money from getting real food to pay for that car, now you realize you strapped in, but you can't afford it. Why do people do that? I had to make you laugh on this one. Well, no, because, because we cater to our insecurities, Lance. We want to be, and this is this is why my grandfather taught me, don't let a dollar make you a fool. <laughs> Another t-shirt. Right? Don't let a dollar make you a fool. That's why they can say everybody has their price. You see, we think that when you get the car, you get the girl, you get the house, we think that that's what living is, right? This is, this is what it is, but that's not what it is. Those are just the things required to exist right here, right now in this place. Food, shelter, clothing. I'm not against having nice things. My tapestry is nice. I'm not against having nice things, but at the cost of what? What's more? You have to understand. What does it say? What did King Solomon say in Ecclesiastes? You don't store up your riches where the moth and the flame can destroy it. What is that telling you? It is telling you that material things believe they will fade they will rust they will rot they'll be eaten by moths but you see your spirit i know that's that feels like a poor consolation prize that's what it feels like if you think about it it feels like a poor consolation prize but in actuality it's like the king who can't eat rich foods his gut is just messed up so he has to now eat like what he calls the peasant so he can have a good life. He's got to eat like them. Look at how many of them died of gout uh, and, and infections and gangrene because they ate so richly and their peasants outlived them and they were happier. You see, we keep placing our value in the external. Then in actuality, the external is a reflection of what is within you. If you say, oh, you know, I'd like this experience. This is what the law of creation tells you. You can create that experience. That's why things can't catch you. That's why somebody can't come along and whisper sweet nothings in your ear and play to your fantasies, right? You want to sing because you know you a songbird, they'll then sing. But I want I want to be known. You are known. I keep telling you, nobody can come along and give you what you already have. I am a star. My grandfather used to call me star girl. So I must be a star. So I'm going to wait for somebody else to come and tell me I'm a star? No, because if they come along and tell you that you are a star, 
then they will also take the credit for allegedly making you shine like a star. And the nature of a star is to shine. They can't give you what you already have. Food, shelter, clothing, those are yours by right. Because you're here, they're required. But what is not required is for you to rob Peter to pay Paul. And that's what they keep trying to tell you that you need to be doing. Then the laws of creation tell you, you don't have to take from anybody. You can create your own glass house. Oh, you don't have to rob anybody. But you see us, we're afraid. And that's why we do what we do. That's why we allow ourselves to be convinced to do something else. <laughs> wow. A lot of folks are going to love what you're saying because of the clarity that you're bringing into their life. And other folks are going to be like, hmm, she exposed me. They're not going to say it that way. It's your fault. Who do you think you are? You don't understand. You don't know what I'm going through. It's different to those other examples. Mm -hmm. Consider it. They're going to start throwing off on you. And that's yeah. something because whenever you point out something, especially when they ask you and they point out something that, that, that you already pretty much know and you can't compromise them because you don't have the relationship maybe where why ask an opinion of a family member who's a dependent? <laughs> They're going to tell you what you want to hear. They got to eat. Why get the opinion of somebody who's trying to get with you on a carnal way? They're going to tell you whatever you want, right? Mm -hmm. When you go to a doctor or you go to some uh, personal trainer and, you know, they tell you what you get. Let's say the first trainer and they tell you what you have to do. They assess you. Yes. Yeah. You got a call? Oh, I nope. thought you had a call. But nope. I heard. I'm hearing things. I'm, I got sounds outside. They're doing construction here. <laughs> and, you know, I'm like... Zonked in, you know, I caught myself in my sleep. I just go away and say that I was like sleeping. I said, welcome back to another episode of the last. I was like, whoa, what am I doing? <laughs> I'm like that box when he hears the bell, he starts, you know, <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable. But you got this personal trainer who has this perfect body and you may not be that bad off, but he assesses you. Mm -hmm. He's not there to cater to your feelings. No. He's going to tell you, you know, what you have to bring up, how you have to train, mm -hmm. what level you're on. Mm -hmm. Doctor. And sometimes we don't like the assessment of reality. Because most of us lie to ourselves when we look in the mirror before we go out the door. Yes. If our shoulders are narrow. We put shoulder pads if we're men. Some still do that. If, if we're, we're, uh, adequately or a little more so in the gut area, he come to loose t-shirts. We ain't going to tuck it in and buckle up. We don't want to show that. Lance, oh, yeah, we're good. girdle, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't even laugh because. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> oh, snap. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ultimate. Um. The ultimate display of denial, the girdle. Yes. You're going to get away from that. Well, even that and just chopping yourself up, you know, liposuction is the same thing. It's yes. a permanent girdle effect. Yeah. Lots of times it's 
deadly, mm-hmm. but you get a test and the personal trainer says, well, you know, we're going to start out basic. You have an ample amount of uh, adipose tissue over, so we have to adjust the diet. We have to feed you and starve the muscle. So what's that mean? I, 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 yeah, you got to change the way you eat. Uh-huh. Diet is a four-letter word, but it doesn't have to be, but you have to change the quality. And you, you, you're saying all of this stuff. And there may be an attractive man and maybe a, a woman who's thinking, oh, he's kind of cute. And he's looking right through that. He's looking at your body. You know, you need to do this, your lower back. You need to add more muscle on your hamstrings. Your core is a certain way. You need to go to chiropractor, balance yourself out, take your time. It's not going to be overnight. He ain't paying you no mind other than that. Now you mad at him because he told you what you need to know because he's not thinking of you as some sex object. Exactly. When I used to train people, I used to get that. Uh They all glamorous. We we should hear the work. Uh Get them sweats and the little black sneakers that Rocky used to wear dressed like that. You ain't getting the way to paint this and paint that and you bending over and looking to see who's looking at you. We come in here (laughs) for work. I know it. Because just like my friend Everett said when she saw me training when I was 19 years old, wasn't no left, wasn't no right. It's what I'm going to do. Yes. Because of that, I had everybody around me. <laughs> I'm like, what am I, a toilet or a piece of toilet paper? Get those things away from me. I'm here for business. <laughs> but a lot of times you want to be lied to. Yes. A lot of times you want to do something inappropriate or present ourselves in some inappropriate way in an inappropriate place. Yeah. We're here to do this and this is what we're going to do. Men do it too. Coming with the shucking and jiving and we waste (laughs) our time and never get to where we have to go. I'm telling you, that's the way it is. This is true. I want to interject something else. We ain't here for that. Uh, It's not that kind of party. Exactly. Your, your young baby at home should be mouth-watering seeing them parts of your top. Your top being down so low. Yes. Trying to get fed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, give me strength, Lance. I got like 8% battery for a Lance. Let me tell you something. It, I know that I don't even really like talking about the 48 laws of power because people get caught up and they want to read them but you have to understand what they do. They make you vulnerable because look at the world we live in from the lowest to the highest of that pyramid. We are focused on uh, living a life where we are not oppressed, right? So if you wanna live a life that where you're not oppressed, well, then you have to become the oppressor, allegedly. And that's what the laws, the 48 laws of power teaches you how to do. But when you do that, you have to understand power will always be wrestled away from you because you are always defending it. You cannot, this is, it leaves you wide open and vulnerable. Whereas the seven laws that govern all of creation fortify and protect you and does not leave you vulnerable in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. That's the difference between, because it, the 48 laws of power makes you project outward to, to wrest power away from someone else. Whereas the laws of creation cultivates power within you. Yeah. You, and, and that's the thing. And that's why, if you look at where we are in the world, they look like they're succeeding. 
but the pendulum swings. That's true. The pendulum always swings. And they are not exempt from that pendulum. They just made it push harder now against them, their own selves. You right. try to find somebody's weak spot, you expose your own. Do you not see that? But because we've Absolutely. been given that illusion, be powerful. That's what gets us, mm -hmm. right? So that's what's happening in the world we live in, y'all. So you have two choices. Learn the seven laws of creation and actually live, or you can spend your time and learn the 48. I don't recommend reading it, but I I know I, I read it because I see where the law is and I understand where it is not, right? I'm looking at it and I'm like, dude, that's the law of mentalism right there. And that's one of the laws, control the minds of people. That's a law, come on. You can't even control your own mind, Lance. Look, you, you better go because I don't need to get fired up in here today anymore than I already am. Take your time. Take well, yeah. your time, somebody right? just to me. I'm sorry, this somebody just takes me. What is that you drinking? So my lips are, yeah, okay. Now I have to correct that. I said on the video, I said, listen, I don't wear no lipstick, but I've been drinking this beetroot juice, this shameless pop <laughs> And because of the green screen, it looks funny and whatnot, right? Brilliant beetroot juice. If yeah. And it's not from concentrate. So if you drink your brilliant beetroot juice, if you drink this one quart alone, one alone, you'll be frightened every time you go to the restroom and turn around. Of course. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's a very healthy thing. Mm -hmm. I love it. And oh, to I the degree that stomach may be messed up, that's when I have a big effect. When you're good, because the other day, drank some, went to the corner to go a little while down, and the van came, and I was like, I'm not going today. I'm turning around. <laughs> like I say, that universal sound of distress. No matter what your language is, I understand it. When you hear this sound, run. Stop all conversations, pull over, do what you got to do. And that is one of the laws. <laughs> As within, so without, Lance. <laughs> As within, yes, yes. You're so right. You even have a law for that. You're so brilliant, my sister. As within, so without. Wow. Glad I'm, I don't plan on going anywhere today. Maybe the rooftop. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Lord have mercy. <laughs> I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm, I'm good. <laughs> so every time you might hear that noise personally, you'll be laughing. Yeah. Why is Angelo? Laughing in the restroom. <laughs> that damn Nancy has my mind messed up. Yes. For real. Yes. But it's always all good. Prepared. And I'll share another story in another show that I can share it on. You know? Yes. Yeah. We got some stories for that too. But laughter is healthy. And if I can help you to laugh a little bit, then I did my job. Yeah. While you're in the laws that positively Angela shared with you. Beautiful thing. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I, won't, I won't do it no more. <laughs>
<laughs> it stopped conversations in mid-sentence. People are talking about them and then looking like, listen, bro, I heard that too. Go ahead and do what you got to do. There's a little area over there that's kind of dark, you know? I got some people My for you. <laughs> My belly hurts. I can't. <laughs> we don't want to make it hurt that much because you might have to leave the show like, you know, I know we're wrapping down, but you might have to just run off and just leave everything as it is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. I have it in me too. You know? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good, I'm really good. <laughs> I hope I don't induce a reaction because after the show, you know, laughter can do that. It's a beautiful thing, you know, it really huh? is. All your endorphins yeah, have been raised, and this is the yeah, kind yeah, of natural yeah. thing that is good. Like you said, you know, the 48 laws of power, they try to teach you to take power, but this laughter makes makes you elevate from within. Yes. If you squeeze those abdominals too hard, we don't want to make another uh, eruption happen. <laughs> <laughs> and when I do a comedy show, I'm going to tell you the downsides. Of drinking the brilliant beetroot juice. And I will be grasping in a decent way, but it really happened to me very recently, too. But I'll wait till we have a comedy show. You know, I'm gonna go in. You had me at eruption. <laughs> it's funny how certain words could have meaning when you know what it means, but you're not gonna say it exactly. And you say the eruption. That's right. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> and trust me when you hear that noise it's not really a good thing because we have those keyhole moments keyhole <laughs> moments when we have our keys a mile away we're walking home we know we're in a panic but for some reason when we pull out the key it has an effect where you can't take it no more. And when you get the key in, the knees start to shift and you start to dance. Now you don't care. Now you feel like, you feel like one of those doors in the, in, in, in the mall where it's Black Friday and all of the customers are trying to bust through. You know, Black Friday, you open the doors. So as soon as you open your door, you better not have any clothes thrown down, anything in the way, and nobody better not be standing in the way. Because when you have the keyhole moment, the only thing you can think about is that one seat, or maybe you have two or three, but the closest one. And you were so focused on it after it's gone and done, like a flash thunderstorm. You realize you put your bag here that had money in it, this, that, and the door still open with the key swinging in it. So if you live in an apartment, man, I left my, myself a little vulnerable. Yeah, but as soon as that key comes out, we lose all control. I told the story without saying. You gotta make a run for it, Lance. <laughs> <laughs> I got more of the story, but I can't say it on this show. I'm gonna tell it. Mm, mm, mm. 
You trying to kill me. I don't know. Because I can say something that'll just make you knock down to the floor now. I got you set up for the rest of it, but we'll say it. We'll save it till we do a little comedy show. Yes. Seriously. Yeah. It's 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 crucial out here. And you all will remember if you never had a keyhole moment, when you have it, you're gonna think about me. Man, totally about this. And there's always that friend, whether you live in an apartment, walk a car in, in, in the parking lot, or you, you live in a private house and there's a neighbor coming over or whatever. There's always somebody trying to talk to you before you get the keys out. And you know how urgent the situation is. And they look like they're ready to talk for two or three hours. And they realize there's something going on. They say, listen, I got to talk for a little while, depending on how good you're doing. You know, <laughs> he hold moments. Anyway, there's a little laugh you threw on there. Thank you for sharing the law with us. The law of the yes. keyhole. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think my microphone in the wire getting stuff that eh, eh, it might be having a keyhole moment. It's breaking up. Oh. Yeah. But- yeah. <laughs> This is one you know that it's not me making that noise. That's the electronics here. Yeah. <sighs> Let me pull this out and put it back in. Hold on. Oh. But why does this on Wednesdays run this time? Every time I understand it, it. It does it every time. I know. <laughs> I know. Well, that's the electronic version of maybe it has to go. I don't know. <laughs> well, anyway, my sister, it's breaking up, so I'll let you finish it up. I don't know how much you can hear me, but I'm going to let you finish. Come down with the closing words, and I, I'll try to knock myself out of this. I don't know. This happens every time, and my equipment is flawless. I don't know why it does that. Um. But the, the thing to remember, though, the thing to remember, the laws of creation empower you to be your best and you create because you create what you are already. Nobody can come along and give you what you already are. So then you hear these enticing things. You know that you can recreate that for yourself. That's what it is. There is always a way for you to recreate it because the law gives you that power to bend and mold and shape your own self. That's what it does for you. So nobody can come along and say, if you do this, I'll make you king of the world. You are already king of the world. He can't come and give you your kingdom that you already rule over, which is you. And that's how you'll be able to see through any illusion. That's what I'll leave you with. All right, Lance. I'm gonna let you go because I know you want to laugh some more. So we'll we'll wrap this up now. <laughs> okay, sister. I gotta see the music. All right. Take it away.
away, take it away, feeling too good to me. Chilling all day, all in your space is where I wanna be. Here in this room, what did you do? I just can't get enough. Too caught up in your love. I've been trying to forget, but you won't let me. Something in my brain wants you. I've been hanging by myself, asking for help, but nothing seems to work on you. Yeah.